to well over a million dollars in annual income, you know, net income coming into my household within 24 months was because I let all the rest of that stuff go. I didn't care about it. I didn't care about my credit. I, care. I just like, look, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I got Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Creator. Today, we're sitting down with Joshua Denny. This dude is doing some massive, massive things, okay, and his story is absolutely ridiculous. So, he came from a place where he was really running with the wrong circles, running with the wrong crowd, ended up in penitentiary for actually two years, okay? He came out of that. He was the entire time, he was investing in himself, and he was able to grow this massive business coming out. He had a bunch of ups and downs, way up, way down. Um, I, I, I heard about his story, and I really wanted to have him on the show to allow him to share it with you guys and really show you guys what is possible and how he was able to overcome some serious, serious adversity and come to the place where he's gotten to now with multiple seven figures of income at a place where he is a partner in a company that's about to go public. Okay, this dude is doing some very, very um, massive, massive things. So I wanted to have him on the show to allow him to share his story with you and again, how he was able to overcome these massive, massive adversities. So without further ado, we are going to welcome Josh Denny on the show. I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. Joshua, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Doing outstanding, Apple. Pleasure to meet you. Glad to be on the show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you here today. So our listeners in the intro, they got to hear a little bit about you and what you're currently up to, but could you fill us in with like a 60 to 90 second intro as to what Joshua Denny's up to right now? Right now, I'm actually working on a, a marketing company where we're taking two different markets to, uh, or <laughs> two different markets, two different products to market simultaneously, one being a tire sealant, so super sexy product. <laughs> uh, and a, a fire retardant product. Uh, both of them, one through is one is through an e-commerce play, uh, but also big box and traditional retail outlets. Uh, and the other one is basically business to business through auto dealerships and uh, and trucking companies. Kind of a little different than some of the things I've done in the past, but it's it's exciting. A lot of money in that game, so it's fun. Cool. Well, I'm excited to dive more into what brought you there. But first, I'm going to start off where I like to start off with all of my guests, and that is in their early, sort of early, early to mid childhood. So talk to us now, talk to us about middle school and high school. I'm always fascinated by what my guests were doing at that young age. If they were somebody that took school very seriously, if you were into sports, music, if you were getting involved in entrepreneurship, what did that time period look like for you um, in middle school and high school? Middle school, high school for me was uh, extraordinarily challenging simply because you know, I, I had this idea that, uh, you know, my, my stepfather was just this mean guy. You know, my, my, my biological father left when I was five. My mom uh, raised my brother and I basically on, uh, on food stamps. Or as she, she would work three jobs so she didn't have to be on food stamps. So we, we didn't grow up with, with a lot of things. And then she remarried to a guy who was 25 who had no idea how to handle two wild, uh, you know, seven <laughs> Old boy, so he he tried to treat us like adults. I mean, he did the best he could. I love him today. You know, he's he's a, he's a great man. He just he didn't know what he was doing then, and I went completely the opposite direction and rebelled. So and during that time, junior high, high school, I was involved in gangs and and um, you know started getting around the, the tougher kids and ended up and, you know abusing drugs and I kind of really screwed my life up in that in that early phase. And uh, that kind of ended where, when I, when I went to the state penitentiary, you know, I was in and out of like, you know, youth authority and, and different things when I was younger. 
But when, when I finally went to prison, that kind of woke me up in a big way. Interestingly, you know, Apple, right before that happened, I, I saw uh, the concept of network marketing, hmm. which I didn't know what that was. But what was, a, what was fascinating is I saw people who had achieved extraordinary success who didn't have what I thought you needed. See, what I thought you needed was you know, a college degree, like from, but not just any college degree. I thought you needed like a Harvard or you know, <laughs> MIT. Some, like you really need to be super smart or you know, be born with the, the right bloodline, you know, be in the right family. I didn't understand how to achieve success. And so when I saw people that seemed ordinary, that, that some of them hadn't graduated high school like I had, and some of them had, uh, you know, were, were basically tree trimmers, lawnmowers, stuff like that, like, like I had done and had become millionaires, I thought, man, it's possible. And I was recommended a book that was called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And that kind of started the journey. And then, you know, I was still doing some of the stupid stuff I was doing as a kid, ended up getting arrested. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, and that's... I know that's kind of crazy to say, but <laughs> me, I was on, I was on the wrong road. You know, I was sprinting down it and there was only really two places that I was going to end up either this, you know, or three, really <laughs> the state penitentiary where I was or uh, the cemetery or the hospital, you know, that, that was it. Like I was, that, that's where I was going. And that woke me up. And what I, what I saw was a society condensed. I saw a group of people that lived with, within a, a smaller set of rules that we live, that we have to live without here. And things come back very quickly. Meaning that if, if you don't honor your word, you better be prepared to back that up very quickly. Or someone's gonna come, you know, someone's gonna come deliver some justice pretty fast. And your word is, is everything. It's the only currency we really have. And I saw a lot of people that they liked that idea of being in that space. I didn't at all. You know, I, I wanted my freedom. I wanted to be able to, you know, be around women. <laughs> you know, I wanted a different lifestyle. And I started reading for the first time. Apple, I didn't really, I could read, I just didn't. Mm-hmm. And I started just knocking down novels. And I, of course, I finished the, the Bible and almost every spiritual piece of literature I could get my hands on just to, just to kind of go on that journey. And that's a whole mm-hmm. other topic. We'll, we'll leave that alone for now. But I really was seeking that. And then I started knocking down every novel I could, I could read. And I got really proficient at reading. I started uh, diving into deep literature and, and started studying the lives of, of other great entrepreneurs. And I realized that there's so many people out there, Apple, that, that are like us, but figured it out and then wrote a book about it. And you can save yourself years of heartache and, and challenge by just reading what some of these other guys had to go through. And they, they kind of drop the, the breadcrumb, breadcrumbs along the way. They say success leaves clues. But the, the, the great part is there's also a map. It's like a treasure map. And there's, I mean, that's why I kind of have the library here behind me. And mm-hmm. I just thought of it. I got, you know, I got more books over there. And now these are all books I've, I've read in my life because I, I think every book that you read, Apple, you can, you can kind of get, you can stand taller on. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's amazing to me that most people don't read. You know, they, they, they don't take the time. I see you got some books behind you as well. So you're yeah. obviously a, a reader. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You can live, you can live a thousand lifetimes you know, through the pages of, uh, of books. Absolutely. And I think that's so important what you said about how you can learn from everybody else's journey by, by looking at, at what they've done. And they literally lay out like step by step, like what they've done and what happened and how you can implement that in your own life and what's likely to happen. So I, I think 
people who, who don't realize the value of, of investing in themselves and, and, and reading is they're really just denying themselves of, of, of so many opportunities. So talk to us about some of the, the, like, like what was the main drive for you to really like dive all in on reading? Because obviously you were introduced to network marketing, you had the think and grow rich, but like, what was, what was the draw and like, what kept you hooked? Well, there's a couple things. One, you know, I, I saw an example of someone else winning, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that all, that's all it takes is, is you see, a, you see an example, you hear a story of someone that is similar to you that's actually winning. And then two, I also saw the opposite of that. You know, you know in, in the penitentiary, you see you know, kind of, you see some of the, there are some amazing people there, right? There really is amazing people. You wouldn't think so, but th- there are. There's also some pretty heinous evil people, but there's amazing people out here and there's also some pretty heinous evil people out here. So, you know, <laughs> again, it's a society condensed, but I, I saw where I didn't want to be. And I saw an example of where I wanted to go. And I think that's all we need sometimes as people, right? As a man, at least. I don't know how women feel, but I know as a man, like if once I have the seed of hope and I can see that may, it happened for someone else, then maybe it's possible for me. And so in the beginning, it was just that seed of hope. And then what I wanted to do is fuel that. I wanted to fuel that seed, you know, water that seed and cultivate that seed so it could start to grow roots in my mind. So hopefully one day there, there'd be a, you know, a tree that would sprout out of that and bear fruit. So mm. when, you, when you think of it in those terms and you think, all right, I know what I don't want. I know that there's an example of, of where I could go. How do I, how do I continue to germinate that seed and cultivate that seed of, of hope until it becomes reality, until it becomes my actual reality? And when you look around you, like, like just the room you're in, Apple, almost every physical thing that you can see or touch was in the mind of a man or a woman before it ever became its physical equivalent. Now that's pretty freaking cool, right? So if someone else can do it, why can't you? So those kind of questions were in my mind. I wanted to achieve success. I didn't know how, but I knew that if I was willing to study successful people, I could start to find the answer. Like for example, in that book, Think and Grow Rich, you know, Napoleon Hill was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie in the, at the turn of the century, you know, early 1900. And, you know, Andrew Carnegie at that time was the, one of the wealthiest men, if not the wealthiest man on planet Earth. And he commissioned young Napoleon to travel and interview 500 of the wealthiest people that lived during that time. Okay. And then he also interviewed hundreds of others that weren't successful. And he found the 13 things that the 500 people in the world, the 500 wealthiest people, I should say, have in common. I mean, don't you think, Apple, that should be standard reading, standard information in our schooling systems? I mean, it makes a little bit of sense to me. Wouldn't it make just sense that it's there? <laughs> hey, you don't have to buy into it. But, I mean, that's, a, some, that's some extensive research. I mean, Napoleon took 20 years of his life researching this and putting all of this in, in a text. I mean, and it would stand a reason it's an important thing to read. And in their lives, you know, the lives or in, in that book lies – uh, directions or recipes, if you will, to success. And again, you can just start to apply those principles in your life. I think what a lot of us want apples, we, we kind of want to rip that, uh, that bag of powder and dump it into our water and shake it up and drink it and become successful. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's kind of like, a, you can't go to the gym one day, give it one good shot, you know, get all sweaty and, and sore and then expect that your body's going to, you know, be super fit the next day. It's a consistent, steady effort over a long period of time. And that's, unfortunately, that doesn't sell. 
right? Yeah. Everyone wants to say, you know, hey, five five ways in five days to you know uh, you know super success, but yeah, and that's not to say that it can't be success can't be done quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's a process that needs to be adhered to, and you got to be willing to pay that price. So exactly. that's what that, that's what got me, man. It got me on the journey, and and it's kept me there ever since. All right. So you're on this, on this journey, you're taking small steps every single day. You're consistently reading. How long was your sentence for? Three years. Three years. Okay. So did you serve the full three years? No. No. How long were you? How long were you in there for? Two years inside and uh, with that, with my last one. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what happened next? Like what happened when you, when you got out? I came home, I started working in this machine shop. I was cleaning floors for about nine bucks an hour. I was, uh, you know, I lived in, in Riverside, California, and I worked in uh, Santa Ana, California, which typically would be about a 35, maybe 40 minute max drive without traffic, mm-hmm. but because of such, such congestion on that freeway system between those two cities, it was about an hour and a half to two hours sometimes one way. So I remember getting up at four o'clock in the morning, getting my truck about 4.15 and I jump on that freeway and, and start driving to work. And sometimes I'd, I'd barely punch the time clock by six. Sometimes I'd be there by, by 5.20. But that was kind of my life for a long time. I'd go work there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And eventually I got invited to uh, another network marketing uh, meeting and uh, that was a company called Prepaid Legal Services. They were selling like like a, a legal insurance, and that's where I met some you know, I met some mentors. I found a, v- a business vehicle I could I could participate with. I, I kind of already knew that the legal system was more about what you could pay for, mm. you know, just what it is. And so that's kind of the, the mission that that company was on. I spent ten years with them, and you know I, I made millions of dollars with that company. So I I, I got all the philosophies that help shape my life from the mentors I met there from the books I was recommended there. Now that's where I met, you know, one of my greatest mentors, a guy named Paul J. Meyer, who uh, became a self-made billionaire. And I've learned a lot of lessons from him. So it was a really great time for me uh, to, in my early twenties, I was, I was learning a lot about, you know, how you actually, you know, how, how do you sell something? Like how do you really take a product to market and exchange it for, for money, okay, how do you sell something? And then once you get good at selling something, how do you recruit other people and build a team? You know, because a lot of people have a misnomer or misconception um, about network marketing. It, you know, they, it's like, you know, one of those pyramid things and people say all sorts of stuff. But the reality, all network marketing really is, is it's a company that doesn't use traditional advertising to bring people, uh, bring awareness to people about their products or services. They use a distribution network. So mm-hmm. rather, they just do a, a referral. It's like an affiliate program, but there's multiple tiers of it. So, you know, rather than, than paying advertising dollars, they pay you a commission when you bring uh, a customer to the table, but you can also build a team. So what I love about it, and I always recommend this to people that are, you know, I'm not in, involved in network marketing any, anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, I was for, for many years and, and I learned so much there. And for people that don't have a lot of capital starting off, it's one of the best business schools you'll ever you'll ever be a part of. And the reason is like, you don't have to deal with the manufacturing of, of your product or the production of the service of, your, of whatever it is that you're selling. You don't have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with the logistical side of things. You don't have to deal with the accounting, you have to deal with any of the, the traditional headaches that go along with being an entrepreneur or building a business from scratch. You have to do one thing, which is be a good promoter and, 
and, and bring them, uh, their product to market. Then once you get good at that, you learn how to build a team, build a team around that and get people to work in unison. And that's where you start to enjoy multiplication rather than just addition to your income. You can multiply your income by, by, by 10, 20, 100, 1,000. You can start to really make some serious income. And you, so you get to learn critical factors, Apple, of building an enterprise. Because look, if you're going to start something from scratch, I don't care what it is, you're going to have to learn how to sell something. Or you better recruit someone who knows how to sell, period. Right? Or without sales, nothing happens. You, you got to be able to create those systems. You also got to be able to scale your company by bringing in other people. I don't care how good your funnel is. If you're not starting to bring in good people that know how to that architect those things, new ideas on a consistent basis, you're, you're going to fall behind. You're going to fall behind behind the person who knows how to recruit top talent to their team. You know, I mean, you don't think Facebook or Google or Amazon is recruiting the best all the time, always looking out for the best people who've executed. Absolutely. Well, that's a skill set and you can learn that skill set. So, that's why I, I like network marketing for that reason. But that's what happened for me. Apple, I, I got involved in that company, you know, made it, made a lot of money, you know, got out of that, um, uh, you know, for, for a variety of reasons that aren't really necessary to talk about right now. But I, I started my own company, failed miserably. So I went from being a millionaire to a uh, million dollars in debt <laughs> and uh, homeless with, with two kids. I, I, I had two failed business ventures back to back. So basically wow. I, kind of pushed all the chips on the table and, and said, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And he, here's the lesson I want to teach. Well, I don't know if I'm going to teach anybody anything, but <laughs> you know, a lot of people ask me, they say, Josh, how do you, how do you recover from something like that? And it, I think it's pretty simple. If you don't attach yourself to materialistic things, not, not, keep in mind, I had, I had, I had homes, I had, you know, I had a Lamborghini and all sorts of nice stuff, but it, your stuff that doesn't define you, you let all that stuff go. That all stuff's going to burn in the end anyway. And I mean, think about all the cool shit that was around in, in 1970, 1980, 1990, even 2000, who cares? It's old, right? Nobody cares about that stuff. And just like no one's going to care about stuff that's in 19, you know, or 2019, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. So be willing to walk away from anything that's material. What really matters is your character. That's what matters. It matters who you are when the chips are down, how you operate, you know, uh, your relationships that you've cultivated, how you interact with those people, your family, true love between the people that you care about. That's what's truly important. There's no one on their deathbed saying, man, I wish I'd have worked harder. You know, you know, they're typically, and assuming unless they were lazy their whole life, then maybe that, that may be something. Sure. <laughs> but for the most part, for people who like us, who've actually worked in our lives, it's typically, you know, we wish maybe we spent some more time with our family or enjoying life, right? So, you know, I, I kind of lost where I was going with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I, I got a point, though, I swear. No worries. I can hop in. Go ahead, man. Okay. So how do you, how do you think about balancing those things? Because obviously I'm an entrepreneur. A lot of the people listening to this show um, identify as entrepreneurs. People are trying to create something, but how do you balance uh, investing into yourself, your business and really growing something? And then also like spending that time with your family and not working so hard that you get to the end of your life and you're like, wow, like I should have, I should have chilled out a bit. How do you personally, or how would you advise an 18, 19 year old listener to think about that balancing act? Well, if you're 18, 19 right now, man, go work your, work your nuts off, man. Go, go crazy. I, I did that in my early 20s. I, I missed all sorts of holidays. I, like, 
in your early life, go, go crazy, go work hard. I'm talking when you have kids and you know, like, you're going to want to spend some time with your children, but when your children are young and you have the blessing of that, go work hard. You know, for the first few years of my, my kids life, because I was pretty much homeless when they were, when they were uh, born and when they were with me in their first few years, I didn't see him much. My job as a man is to go provide. And that's what I went and did. I went and just worked, you know, 16, 18 hours a day, nonstop 24 seven. So the machine was turning over, but then, because that can be addicting, you know, you gotta, you gotta go, okay, once you got, you set your goals. All right, what are my financial goals? What, what kind of income do I need to get to? How much do I need to in, put in an investment account? How much interest do I need to have coming in, uh, you know, on my money to where I can at least stop and, and spend some time with, with the family. So yeah, for me, balance isn't like every day I got to balance it perfectly. I, you know, maybe that works for some people, but for me, it, it didn't. For me, I, I got to go way out of balance to get into balance. So I, mm. I'll, I'll do huge sprints and work like a maniac for a couple of years and then I'll stop and I'll slow that down. I'll put good people in place that keep those systems going. And then I'll, I'll start traveling, enjoying life and doing all sorts of stuff and being with my family, being present with those that I love and my friends. And then you get bored and it's like, all right, let me go do it again. And you know, that's how I, I like to work in sprints, but you know, everyone's got to figure out what works best for them. That's the truth. How do you personally determine like what your, your goals are in a current stage? Because obviously you've got a lot of different businesses that you've worked on over time and a lot of different ventures you've pursued. So how do you go about breaking those things down into like, what are the goals that I should be working on? What are the sprints that I should be doing? What does that process look like for you? Well, you know, for me, you, know, you got to kind of take, strip everything else away. I, I remember the point I was going after and this kind of goes right along with that point. You know, you strip all the other things away. Everyone's trying to hold on to something, right? They hold on to what they got. But if you're holding on to what you got and you know, you, you're stretched as far as you can, but you can't reach that thing you're going for, you got to let go of what you got. What you got, you don't want anyway. You know, that's just your family. Don't let go of that. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is like, people have an idea of what their life is, their credit, their, 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 their stuff. And I need this stuff. And the reality is you don't need any of that crap. You know, like I, I went, the reason I went from a million dollars in debt to well over a million dollars in annual income, you know, net income coming into my household within 24 months was because I let all the rest of that stuff go. I didn't care about it. I didn't care about my credit. And I, I just like, look, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I got to put my oxygen mask on first. I got to go save me so I can go help everyone else. And I didn't claim bankruptcy. I paid everybody back, but it had to be on my terms. Everyone gets so, you know, it's like, look, man, own your mistakes. When you, own, when you make a mistake, just own, own it. We don't have to be a slave to it. Everyone makes mistakes. Just own that. Own it. Say, yeah, I effed up. I messed up. Look, man, I'm going to go fix it. I can't deal with this right now. I got you, though. I'm going to make it right, but I got to go do it. I can't. There's nothing I can do right now. You can't get blood out of a turnip, right? I'm, you know, or out of a rock. I'm, I'm going to go make this work. And then, and then here's the key, though then, you know, make it right. Okay. Once you start making a bunch of money, go make it right. I can't tell you how many people owe me money and they were broke as hell. And I got it. I, all right, that's fine. I get it. And then they start making a bunch of money and they forget about it. It's always like, just like, you know, I think of it, I, I write it off. It's like, man, you know, what a scumbag, you know, and it's gotta be detrimental to your own character. You know, I don't, you know, I don't see you pay people back just because it's, it's the right thing to do. Of course it is, but it's, it's really the right thing for your soul, for your character. If you give your word, man, follow through. I think I see that a lot, especially in a lot of younger people these days. Mm -hmm.
they just don't, it's like, oh, I'll show up at two. And then two, and two comes and goes and they're like, oh yeah, I should have done that. Oh, I'm sorry about it. Well, they don't even say sorry. It's like, man, the only thing you've got in this world is your word. That's it. You have one reputation and it will take you a lifetime to cultivate a, a quality reputation where people say, Apple, man, that guy, that guy lives by his word. You can set your watch to that man's word. He does what he says he's going to do, man. I'll do anything with that guy. That takes a lifetime to create or years to create. And it takes one thing to mess it all up. You know, it's like, it, it, I, I mean, well, one really big thing. It's like deposits. This is how I view this type of stuff. You know, if we start interacting, right? And every time we do something with one another, it's like we're making deposits with each other. Right? Every time we show up on time, every time we do what we say, there's a deposit, a deposit, a deposit of trust. The day I don't do it, it's a withdrawal. And the challenge is it can be a withdrawal so big that it's almost as much as what I put in or even more than what I put in. And if I don't own that immediately and say, look, man, I, I completely screwed up. I apologize for that. Let me make up for it and then just do it. You know, then it, the relationship sours. And I'll give you this one story, Apple, that I think can help anybody right now is this is kind of how I've lived my life over the last several decades. I learned that you, you gotta be, you gotta be a collector of good human beings, good people. If you're going to collect anything, collect that. And I, again, a lot of people like to collect all sorts of stuff. They collect books, you know, they collect trinkets, they collect uh, God Pokemon. I don't know what people collect these days, but people collecting everything. <laughs> but if you collect good people, you, you'll be wealthy. Because that's where money comes from. Good ideas come from. And, and, when, and in order to do that, you have to, you have to do the best you can to provide value to somebody else. And you have to do it consistently. And in that process, you'll find good people along the way. Now, the, the, the challenge of this, Apple, that I've discovered is when you live open, right, and you live in a transparent way where you're, you're, you're willing to really put your chips on the table with somebody else, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get stabbed in the back, right? You're, you're going to be betrayed more often than not. And I don't think it's because people are malevolent or, or evil. I think it's just because people are usually insecure. They're scared or something happens and they, they just pull back. And, and I used to get really mad about that. I realized that that's just how it is. And that's okay. I'm not going to change that. And I'm certainly not going to change me because of how other people operate. So my choice is either I can, you know, you can build a wall to keep people out and go, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. But then you never live in a way that you can attract a quality person in your life. And so what I've discovered is for every nine people who stab me in the back, the one who doesn't is worth a hundred times, those, you know, it's worth a hundred times those that did. So, and, and you, you win so incredibly much by having those rich relationships. And I feel very fortunate that through the years I've been able to cultivate some amazing relationships with great people that, you know, it's because of them that I'm, I'm able to be successful, you know? Mm. Absolutely. So talk to, talk to us now, talk to the 18, 19, 20 year old listener who wants to start surrounding themselves with those people that are going to help them level up, that are going to help them achieve their goals. What are some of the best strategies? I know you mentioned providing value, but how can that younger listener begin to surround themselves with those people? Maybe they find themselves in a circle now that, that, that isn't with people that are taking them to the next level. Maybe they're people that are holding them back. How can they begin to break free from that and associate with the type of person that's going to help them, um, again, get to that next level? That's a great question, Apple. And the first thing is to realize and be aware that, that we are 
the average of the five humans that we associate with the most or, or whatever is the biggest influence in our life that, that that is pushing us in one direction or another, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, it just is. So mm-hmm. you can fight that gravity or you can just realize gravity is gravity. And if you step off the roof, you're going to hit the ground <laughs> and you're not going to float. Right. So that's first step. Second step is uh, start looking around for people who are experts in the field that you want to be an expert in or that you want to learn about whatever it is. Uh, and find those people and start providing value to them. Now, here's a story. Like, let me give an example. If I wanted to provide, uh, I wanted to get in your circle, Apple, you know, and, you know, because obviously you're around a lot of people, you're a successful podcaster, top 100 podcasts, and that's, that's, that's no joke. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good thing. I'm going to listen to all your material. I'm going to read books that you recommend. I'm going to, I'm going to comment on your post. I'm going to be watching your stuff. So that way, when I do have the opportunity to interact with you, I can ask questions that I know you like talking about. I want to provide value where you go, wow, this guy, this guy, you know, obviously he listens. I'm, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to try to tell you all about me unless you ask. And I think younger people, sometimes because we're nervous, we meet that mentor, we meet that person that we want to spend time with and we just verbally vomit all over them, right? We just start telling them all this stuff and, it, and that just gets weird, right? I mean, if you've ever had that happen to you, like it, you're like, Ah, it's just overwhelming. You're like, ah, stop. You know, I, I need to, I got to go. And yeah. So, you know, provide, ask questions, ask questions to your mentors, provide value to them in, in whatever way. And if you're, if you're keen enough and you're watching enough, then the ways to provide value to them will start to open up. I would say, you know, if, if you're in the digital media space, you're in the you know, e-commerce space, there's so many events to show up to. You know, that's the you know, Build Your Empire, which is the brand I'm, I'm proud of and, and, and a partner with. The reason we curate events is because we want to bring high quality people into our circle that we can start to connect and, and network with. So we're a hosting platform, basically, where we can bring some of the, the, the best speakers, the best uh, operators in a variety of different verticals that add value to the market. And we can gain influence with them, influence with their audience, and most importantly, gain their knowledge. You know, it's interesting to me that you know, knowledge is so incredibly valuable, but only when it's properly executed. And so much stuff is free today. You can just get the information. But I think what separates the people from uh, the ones who hear the knowledge and the ones who actually apply the knowledge are the people who apply it typically start to get into the environment with the other people. So that's why showing up at events is very important. Showing up at workshops are important showing up at those networking events where you know maybe when your mentor is showing up at and go be there, go be present, be the first to arrive, the last to leave, take notes, be, be present. Don't tell everyone your story. You know, I, the one, the way I remember it, Apple's, you know, one of my mentors used to say, Josh, God gave you two ears and one mouth. What do you suppose that means? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably listen twice as much as you talk, right? So uh, anyway, uh, there's, it's hard to say, hey, any one particular thing because mm-hmm. I think you'll see it. But I know the few ones I do is read what, read what they've read, listen to their material, ask them questions, try to find a way to add value. Don't pitch them anything, okay? And, and, and see where you can, you, can, you can add value. I'll give you an example. One of the kids who's working with me now, his name's uh, Aaron. You know, he's interning for me. But he found, he found a way where he could provide service for me. Right? He, he thinks he... he he anticipates my needs and, and, and helps me. 
right? He'll, he'll, he'll put content out for me. He'll write stuff for me. He'll do stuff for me that, that makes him indispensable to me. So I, I, I need to hire him. I want him around me. And then I start putting him in, into my circle of influence. So now he's getting a lot of the same connections I have simply because he's in my, in my circle and he works for me for free. Right. And, and it's not free. He's getting, he's gaining knowledge. And I did that, man. I did that for years. I got around successful people when, when I was showing up at these events, I would help put up the speakers. I learned how to plug in the equipment. I learned how to run the stuff. I learned how to set up the chairs. I, I learned how to, uh, I learned how to clean the room afterwards. I mean, I just did everything to where the, and it didn't, it's like, here's the thing, Apple, this, this drives me nuts because sometimes people do it one time. They do something nice one time. And then when it's not acknowledged, they get all indignant. Like, oh my, I can't even, can't even believe you didn't see it. You know, what a dick. It's like, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. And besides, consistency is key. You know, anyone can do something once. It's like, how long can you do it? I was doing this for a year plus without almost any acknowledgement. Just a little bit. I started getting into the inner circle. But there wasn't much, no, no big pats on the back. I was doing it because I wanted into the circle. I wanted, I wanted the network. I wanted the knowledge. So what do you want? Where's your come from? Do you just want someone to hand you a bunch of money? Or do you want someone to hand you knowledge that can feed you forever? You know, they, that, that old saying, Apple, right? You give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach him to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. And that's the knowledge. Hmm. That's the context. Absolutely. So talk to us now about how you personally or how you think a younger listener could begin to implement um, sort of that consistency aspect. Because if you're doing something time and time again, and you're not seeing results, I get people messaging me every single day saying, I've been putting out YouTube videos for two weeks, and I haven't gotten any traction, or I've been creating Instagram posts for like a week and a half, and, and nothing's happened. So obviously, some people just have no consistency whatsoever. But for, for those people that, that are working on something, maybe they've been doing it for, for a year, two years, and, and they're not seeing the results they want, they're, they're feeling discouraged, what would you say to that person um, as far as consistency goes? It's a great question. And first off, know that every discipline affects another discipline. So start working out. You know, that would be one, one discipline. You, you start doing push-ups every day. Start getting disciplined in one area and you start to get disciplined in other areas. Now, if you've been disciplined with, say, your YouTube videos or whatever, and you're like, man, I've been doing this consistently for a year plus, like every day at, you know, 8 a.m., I post. Okay, well, then perhaps you, you need to start learning what some of the successful YouTubers are doing or Instagram, Instagram influencers or whatever, right? Whatever they're doing. See, if you're not getting the results you want in your life, Apple, there's only two reasons why not. There's only two, right? You're either not doing something right or you're not doing that, that thing enough. And if you really think about that, it's true. You're, you're either doing something wrong. And the good news about both of these is you can fix them. All right, so if I'm beating my head against the wall and that wall's not breaking, maybe I got to stop, look around and go, all right, is there a weaker spot in the wall? Can I go maybe climb the wall? Start to change your approach because you know you still need to get to the other side. Maybe you got to dig under it. I don't know, but there's got to be a different way if that way that you're doing it consistently isn't working. You know that other people are on the other side of that wall. All right, they got there and you knew that they were with you on the same side. How'd they get there? Start to find out. And the best way to do it is, is start to research it. What's great about today's era that was different than when I started coming through the pike is that the internet wasn't really going when, when I was doing this. I had to really go like fly across, across the country. I had to get in a car and, and drive 
10, 15, 20 hours to get in front of someone who had the answers and to get into that networking today. And you can turn on a YouTube video and for free, you can turn on this podcast and get this information from myself or, you know, all the other people that you've interviewed, Apple. So you get this knowledge for, for nothing. And I think sometimes we discount that. We have more power in our fingertips. If I, if I grab my phone, it's plugged in over there. Most of we have a smartphone. You have more power in your hand than kings and emperors and queens and rulers of the world had just 150 years ago. Like, let alone 100 years ago, you got, you got so much power. You just got to take the time, okay, to just, you know, put down all the anxiety and say, all right, where am I at? Am I really disciplined? Okay, have I been doing this long enough? Yes or no? No? Then keep doing it. Yes? All right, maybe I can correct what I'm doing. Who's done it real well in this space? Look them up and start looking at all their stuff. Start listening to them all the time. I think what happens is most of us get so lackadaisical or we get so, you know, just like, ah, you know, forget it. You know, ah, it's not for me because it's hard to think. It takes effort and energy to think. It's easier to let other people do our thinking for us. And we just want to tune into someone and go, ah, I mean, this, ah, and we just zone out. Don't be that man. Don't be that woman. Be the person who says, I'm going to figure this out. And then you change your approach, change your approach, change your approach until you got it and, and you start to get results and then add fuel to that. Mm. That's a must. That is a must right there. If you guys didn't catch that, I want you guys to like rewind the podcast like three minutes and just listen back to that segment because that can really help a lot of people. I, I have so many people messaging me just, just saying like they, they're struggling with consistency or they're struggling with, with motivation. And, and really it's one of those two things. Like it is one of those two things a hundred percent of the time. So figure out which one it is and figure out how you can make that change to to get through that because there is a way if people have gotten from, from your side of the wall to that side of the wall, there's a way to do it. And, and you just got to find the way. Absolutely. Um, Joshua, I'm really interested. I've got a lot of listeners as well, hitting me up and telling me that they want to get involved in, in being an author. And I know you've, you've written and published a book. So can you talk to us a little bit about that process? And, and first of all, like what made you want to, to write a book? Well, you know, I, I've been wanting to write my experiences down for many years and the biggest reason was just to leave something for my children and kind of mm. you know, that, that remembrance of the story and i actually have quite a big manuscript but the first book is is a, a derivative of that of that piece of literature but you, know, you got to start by just putting something down every day you know write if you journal and I, this again this is hard to do i get it you know it takes time it's a discipline right but you yep. just do it now some of go i don't like writing i can't write i don't like typing I suggest start doing that stuff. It's good, but I, kind of a, a what they call a hack right around that is, you know, get a video recorder on your phone and sit there and turn on airplane mode so no one disturbs you and record. Just start talking to the thing, right? Then find someone on Fiverr, send it over to them, have them transcribe it for you for like a dollar or five bucks or something, okay? And then, you know, so if you're not that good at writing stuff, then you can do that and then maybe you start to just compile all of this, this data. And then when you're ready, you know, send it over to you know, a, a publisher or a copyright who knows how to do all this stuff, pay them some money to help organize it, or just get disciplined, research it yourself, sit down and, and lock yourself into a room for five, six days like I did and just, you know, just knock it out, you know? 
the thing is we get so distracted, you know, like I'm addicted to my Facebook. I'm addicted to my Instagram. I'm addicted. I, I just, I got to see all this stuff. I get that. It's, there's a stimulus and it's, it's like, it affects your brain, but you got to be willing to go, all right, if I want something different, if I want, if I want things to change, then I've got to change. If I want something different, I got to be different. So I, I find it comical almost that so many people, they want all this magical change in their life to just happen to them, but they're not willing to change their behavior. That's very true. And there's a lot of things that are simple, but they're not easy. And, and that's what I find a lot of stuff in my business. Like there's a lot of stuff that I'll tell people and it's, it's very simple, but it's, it's not easy to do. Like it's simple to, to put out a podcast episode every single day, interview somebody successful and hear their story and have them share some valuable experiences. Like that is a simple concept but it's not easy to do. Like it's not easy to show up every single day. It's not easy to find high level people and connect with them and, and really like interact with them and, and sit down with them for an hour. Like it's simple stuff, but it's not easy. Like it takes work. It takes time. You have to learn these things and you have to be willing to, to give the time, energy and resources to actually go out there and implement them. Because again, like writing a book, I mean, it, it's like a, it's a pretty simple thing. Like you write a bunch of words down, you organize them, and then you pay somebody to like make it a real thing and, and then you sell it. And it's, it's not easy though. Cause like there's, there's so many things you have to go through and, and it can be tough for you to, to get the ideas and, and to get stuff on paper. And I think it's just, it's, it's really important to realize that even if you're hearing the same messages over and over, and you think that they're redundant, like when people say just get started, or you have to take action, like a lot of people discount that because they think, well, everybody says that it's so simple, but it's because it works. And it's simple, but it's not easy. So I think that's a really important distinction to make as well there. Um, can you can you talk to us a little bit more about how you decide in your business and, and with writing a book, like what you personally decide to keep on your plate and the things that you decide to outsource to interns, to people on Fiverr, to VAs? Like, how do you think about that distinction and like what actually ends up on your plate and what doesn't? That's a, a good, good that's a great question, my man. Yeah. See, this, this is an easy answer for me. Stay in your swim lane, which means that whatever you do really good, do that. Anything else, delegate. It's, if, you, if you try to control everything, there's people I know that are really, they're like micromanagers. They need to do everything. Yeah. And, and what happens is they got to do this just right. And then they got to do this just right. And, and as they, they're doing all these things, they're never really getting any traction because they're just spinning in circles. You know, find out what you're passionate about, what you love to do. Do that really well. And anything else, you know, pay someone to do it. It's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't clean my house. Okay. And the reason why is because I can pay someone to, I can, the time that takes me to do that, you know, I can make 10 times the money or a hundred times the money that I can pay someone to do that same task for. So you kind of have to look at your time. Now, like I'll do my dishes. I like it's therapeutic for me, right? I don't like dishes piling in the sink. Uh, I'll make my bed, right? So I'll do stuff like that, but I won't wash my clothes. I can but I won't do that. I won't fold them. I don't want to do that stuff because again, I can pay for that to get done at a fraction of the price. It would take me the same time to, you know, to do it. I don't have to think about it. So that's just one thing. Like for example, even the transcription stuff, I'm not really good at writing fast. So it's easier for me to record everything and have someone else do all the writing and a, and a copyright proof it. And then I read through it and, and make sure it's, it's in the same spirit that I want to share that information. So, you know, the stuff that takes you maybe a longer time or stuff that you struggle in, someone else loves that. Someone else is passionate about that. Someone else, that, that for them is like this. So 
give that person some money and then they'll go do that thing for you and it'll be a lot less for both of you. Okay. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more with that. And there's things like editing my podcast and there's things like graphic design work, stuff that like I'm not any good at, but I can find people who are much better than it, much better at it than me. And like stuff that would take me like three hours to do, they can do it in like 30 minutes. So I'm like, yeah, by all means, like take my money. Like you're going to do this better than me. You're going to do it faster than me. You're going to do it um, at a level that just saves me so much time and money that like, it just doesn't make sense for me to try to do this myself. Exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, another thing that I really admire about you is that you're, you're a very well connected person. I mean, you've got connections all across the board with some really high level individuals. So can you talk to our listeners now again, who are whatever, 18, 19, 20 years old, um, how can they start to associate themselves or start to connect with people who are at that high level? Like how can they begin to sort of network, but also just make those connections? And, and maybe, maybe an, an easier question would be like, what, what are some of the mistakes you see people making when they are trying to connect with like high level individuals? As I said earlier, you know, people like do the verbal vomit thing. They're always yeah. know about them. And the reality is no one really cares about you. You know, until they care about you. And so like, if someone just meet you, they, they probably don't care. They have like a hundred other people just like you trying to do the same damn thing to them. So stand out. You know, you know I, I have the opportunity of working with Casey Adams. And I'm sure you know who he is. Mm -hmm. right? You know, Casey's brilliant at doing this. Like he adds, he finds a way to add value to, you know, to people. You know, again, does what you do. Apple gets them on a podcast, ask them questions. You know, he, he does that type of thing. So you know, his thing is being complimentary, finding ways to add value. He promotes people's stuff, you know, and this is way before he started becoming famous. If you talk to him, you know, before he started really getting a lot of traction on the social page, he was just doing this constantly, showing up, being present, adding value in any which way he could. So you know, that's my suggestion. Show up, number one. Show up consistently so you're seen enough. Show up in their feed, like their stuff, comment on their stuff. Don't think that they're not listening. But you got to do again that consistently, so you're on top of the mind, top of the mind, top of the mind. They see you, they see you, they see you, they see you. And after a while, it's it, there's a relationship that starts to form. There's a familiarity that starts to that starts to take root. And now they're like, okay. And now they have, hey, tell me about your story. And someone will. It just happens. This has happened my whole career. So what I got good at is getting around people, right? Adding value to them, listening to them, and doing what they say. They I ask a book recommendation. One of the Biggest things I did early on in getting into networks is I'd go to someone I admire at an event, right? And I'd say, excuse me, sir, you know, what would be one book that you would recommend me? You know, right now, I, you know, I'm just really getting started. And I, I, I want to be successful like you. What would be a, you know, a, a, your top you know, book or two? Sure. And I just listen. And they tell me. I go, great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Then I go read the book. Okay. <laughs> And then next time I saw that person, I would thank them for the book and I, I talked to them about the book. Now I had something, some kind of common ground where before I had no common ground. I could ask them a question about the book and, I, and we could share a moment together, right? Mm. That, that's, and that may lead you into something else, but you know, take recommendations, execute on them, add value. You know, don't try to be the star. Don't try to be the person always pitching. People don't like that stuff. You know, they want to get away from it. That's huge. And like the execution thing is everything because I'll get people hitting me up, asking me for like podcasting advice or Instagram advice or whatever. And I'll like, I'll give them information. Like I'll hop on like a free 15 minute call with somebody and just like tell them what I would do if I was in their situation. And the people who do it 
and show me their results, I just have so much more respect for them. And I'm like, okay, I know that if I tell them to jump, they're going to jump. So if they ask me for more stuff, I'm going to give them more stuff. And the people who don't do anything, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to waste any more of my time on them. Cause like I told them exactly what to do. I knew it would work in their situation and they just didn't do anything. So like, it's not worth my time to continue that relationship. So it's really important that like when somebody, when you ask for advice, they give you advice, you execute on that advice. Cause if you don't, then you're wasting both of your time. Uh, yeah, 100%. yeah, exactly. All right, Josh, I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So the first thing that I like to ask is uh, what's something that genuinely has you excited right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of the world, but like what's something that genuinely has uh, Josh Denny excited right now? I'd say my daughters, they got, they got me excited. My son's got me excited. I love my kids. You know, I I love that they're getting to the age where we're able to communicate at eight or nine, eight and seven. So that's, that's just, it's an exciting time. Uh, for me as a father, you know, I'm growing in that space, learning how to interact better, learning how to be present, learning how to just be in their lives. I know I have this little moment of time before they, they, you know, they don't care about me anymore, you know, <laughs> the teenage years. So uh, that's exciting. I know I have this moment in time with them. Uh, I'm excited about this enterprise that we're building. You know, I got a company going public here real soon that we're, we, we've taken a lot of time and, you know, we've, we've, we've brought a lot of capital to the table. We've, uh, we've set up a lot of systems and, so I've learned a lot in this process. You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a partner in this whole thing, so I'm, I'm learning. It's not my company per se. I'm a, I'm a large shareholder mm-hmm. with the company, but I, that's exciting. That's exhilarating to me. You know, I'm learning a lot of stuff. I've got, I've got another company that I'm partnering with right now that you know, his goal is to ring the bell in the uh, NYSE, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I want to be next to him when he does that. So you know, I've got a lot of different – it's a different phase of my life where you know, I'm, I'm building – I'm building bigger enterprise uh, companies than I have in the past. I'm getting bigger chunks of it. I'm operating on multiple sides of it or I'm, I'm doing marketing for it. I'm also uh, you know, participating in the sale of the product. I'm participating in the back on the equity side and, and, and with the, equi- the exit play. So there's, that's exciting because it's all new to me. You know, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm learning about how that works. I'm learning about you know, capital raises. I'm learning about how all the intricacies of actually taking a company to the public market, you know, all the things that are involved with that, how the market's made, all the, all the details that need to be done, how the audit has to be performed. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens within that process that it never happens in the timeline that you think it will. But it's exciting because it's stimulating my mind. I'm learning. I think anytime you're in a place where you're learning a lot, I, it's, it's exciting. You know, the, the journey's far more, far more exhilarating than the destination. Mm, that's the truth. That's the truth. Josh, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? These could be in your business and your lifestyle, but just things you do on a regular basis to help you get to that next level. Exercise for sure. Uh, reading for sure. Uh, listening to podcasts like this, you know, audio books, you know, rather than listening to music in the car when I'm driving to, to and from, um, appointments, you know, mm-hmm. listening you know, quality information, getting, getting good sleep, okay? mm. lots of water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all good things. I think the, biggest, the biggest habit you can get into is just owning your word. You know, it, it's, it's simple, but like you said earlier, Apple is not easy. You know, there's always that temptation to, to not do something, not say it just the way it is, especially when you feel embarrassed, especially when you make a mistake. Yeah. Get in the habit of just owning it right away. Pay full price for your mistakes up front because in the long run, it's a way cheaper deal. Okay, way cheaper. And, and people respect it. 
you don't think that they do because we, we, we all mess up, man. There's no one better than you. And at the same time, there's no one worse than you. You know, well, I mean, in the general sense, right? There's, there's some, some weirdos out there, but <laughs> for the most part, you know, like you just, just own, own what you, just get in the habit of just paying full price for what you, what, what you do. Mm. Uh, take, another way to say that is take full responsibility for what's happening in your life. Full responsibility. Get rid of the blame. Stop the blame game. You know, if you can, if you can adopt the philosophy of if it's to be, it's up to me. You'll you'll live a, a much more rich and fulfilled life. Hundred percent with you. Um, could you give our listeners? I mean, you're a very well-read individual. You're listening to a lot of podcasts. What what kind of books and, and and audio programs would you recommend our listeners to check out? I mean, since you're just consuming so much all the time. <laughs> you know, everyone's different, right? Everyone's sure, on sure. Path um, at the moment. Everyone's journey is different, so it's hard to make blanket recommendations. Yeah, those you just getting started. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I'll make a shameful plug for my own book, Inevitable. You know, you can—it's a simple book. It's quick, and it gives you a, a foundational philosophy on how to put things uh, in the right perspective. That—that's a great book. Uh, there's another book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. Yeah. A similar type of book. Lo I, I like Darren Hardy. I like the way he writes. I, I think that's a very simple. Again. You want to kind of get some simple stuff, some simple philosophies down with some, some simple reading. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, that's a must. Yeah, you got that right there. That's one, that's one of my favorite books right there. Again, very simply written, uh, simple to understand, but really rich concepts. Yeah. I, I kind of, when I first got started reading, I read like Think and Grow Rich. And that's like, you know, eating a rich meal, rich, thick meal. Like every bite of it, it's like, oh my God, you got to sit and like, just wait for it just before you can continue because it's, it's so heavy. Uh, but it's a, I mean, that's a phenomenal book. Yeah. A phenomenal book. Uh, and then you start to graduate to stuff like uh, Atlas Shrugged, uh, you know, uh, Ayn Rand's towering novel. You know, there's, there's a lot of books, but I'd start with some, you know, some of those in the very beginning, uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. If you're in sales or you're in the uh, communication business. You know, Russell Brunson's books are great. Yeah. You know, even if you're not going to be building funnels, you know, uh, he, he's got like, I just start somewhere is what I would say. Just pick up a book and start, get the audio. A, a tip I'll give you, and I, I know we got to wrap up here soon, but a tip would be you can get an audio. And I learned this from a guy named uh, Josh, you know, jo Joshy the Snowman on Instagram. This guy's a freaking stud, 26 years old mogul. But <laughs> what he does is he'll get an audio book You'll get the book and you'll listen to it to like 1.5 or two times as fast and read it while he's listening to it simultaneously so he can highlight stuff. So it's affecting his brain in two different mm. ways. I think that's brilliant. I just started doing it and I love it. That's really interesting. I might have to try that out. Yeah, it's, it was, I mean, it's one of the best tips I've been given in a long time. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. I love it. Um, Josh, one thing that I'm always curious about as well with my guests is things they do that doesn't scale. So what I mean by this, a quick example, um, I'll pull out my smartphone every single day and I'll shoot a video DM. I'll go to Instagram and I'll look at my new followers for the day and I'll shoot a video DM to like five to 10 of them being like, hey, Josh, how's it going? My name's Apple Crater. Thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can be of value to you. Have a wonderful day. Something very simple like that. Um, it's something that I don't choose to mass produce. I, I don't have one of my VAs just like send those out all day. I don't like mass send them out just because I want people to know that the messages are coming from me and I want it to, to really be impactful and to start a conversation with someone. So is there anything that comes to mind for you in your business that has that, that personal Josh Denny touch to it or something that you choose not to, to mass produce and, and to keep really like that one-on-one -on -one level? That's, that's, 
that's brilliant. In fact, that's the reason why I'm on this podcast right now. <laughs> messages. So it was like, okay, cool. You know, you took the time to do it. It was a video message. It popped in my feed right away. So, you know, I watched it and then it was, it was really quick, straight to the point. And so I think that's a brilliant thing that you do. I do something similar, you know, with people. I, you know, I'm, I'm always communicating with people. So I have, I have a list of maybe 40 or 50 people. I mean, it started off at like, you know, four or five, but it's grown over the years of people that I really want to maintain close relationship with. And I make sure to send them a message every week, you know, a personalized message to them. I like audio messages. You know, unfortunately, the people on Android, I can't send it to them. So I have to actually uh, type it out. Okay, or I, I, I do it on WhatsApp. I've been kind of putting WhatsApp stuff together, but I personalize it. I say it to them. I, I, I talk to them. So it's, it's what I call little touches. So I always want to keep touching people, right? So the idea is when they see your name, whether they see your picture on Facebook or they see it on Instagram or they see your number on their caller ID, they smile. They're like, oh, cool. They want to answer it. And you do that by just being consistent with being in touch and, you know, finding out about them. You know, I mean, that's the, but you got to be sincere about it. You can't be doing it for the alternative motive. People can smell that. Just like really take an interest in other people. You know, mm. care about them. Care about what's going on in their life. Ask them questions about it. You know, and, and, and if you're not good at remembering everything, take notes. Take notes so you can look at it on your phone. You can, yeah, I mean, if you look, open up my contact, my contacts on my database and you scroll through it, you look at, you'll see our call logs. Unless I really, really know them, until I get to know them, I have their name, how I met them, when I met them. You know, uh, and any bit of information I can find out about, you know, whether they're married, they're not married, they're divorced, they have kids, they don't have kids, what their aspirations are, anything I can remember from that first conversation. So mm -hmm. that way, the next time I interact with them, I can ask them about that stuff until my relationship is solid with them and is established. And then I just know it because I'm, I'm, I have a real, true quality relationship. Mm. I love it. Josh, you've been providing a ridiculous amount of value to our listeners here today. Where can they go if they want to follow up with you, uh, learn more about your book and just all the things that you're up to right now? Uh, you know, I, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram, Joshua Denny, that's D-E-N-N-E -N -N -E, uh, is my Instagram handle, uh, joshuadenny.com is my website, and then Amazon has my books or, or whatever. But look, uh, I'm, 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 I feel privileged. If you're on this path of entrepreneurship, if you're on this path of just becoming a better human, try to add value to those around you, then I'm definitely your friend in this process. I'm maybe a little bit further along the, the, the road, or maybe I'm, I'm catching up to you depending on where you are in your journey, but you know, we're on the same path. We're going in the same direction. Let's add value to, to one another and let's keep doing this until uh, we take our last breath. There we go. Words of wisdom. Joshua Denny, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Apple Carter, my pleasure. Take care, bud. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, they really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.